Welcome to another edition of the Logic and Larry podcast. In this early October evening, I am broadcasting to you from Newark, New Jersey. This episode is not live, but I'm with you in spirit. It's being recorded only a few hours before when it normally would before a live audience across the country. But due to recent events, including health concerns and me needing to take it a little bit of an easy uh i'm doing it pre-recorded today and it's going to be mostly just a monologue um everybody knows when you listen to this this is just my personal opinion nothing i say on this podcast is in any way the opinion of any other entity these are my opinions as a private citizen and only in my capacity as a private citizen And with that being said, I welcome you all to the show. It's a crisp fall evening. It was a crisp fall day, and I quite enjoyed that. I love the fall. I love the crisp air. It kind of relaxes my senses, and it kind of whisks me away into another uh, transitionary period that always occurs this time of year. Unfortunately, this year we have COVID, and so I'm not going to ball games and I'm not going to upstate New York like I usually would to uh, partake in hiking and looking at the fall foliage. But still, I'm here to convey uh, a mood and a feeling to all of you over the top of this dope-ass music behind me. An incredible sight, which I will try to take a picture of so I can make it the picture uh, to feature with the podcast post is right now over Manhattan, over the skyline, the moon is rising ever so slowly and it's an orange spectacular moon and it's beautiful and it kind of drives home how I'm feeling, drives home this type of day that we had with the crisp pleasant air and the floating clouds and the sunlight cascading down on us and the Empire State Building is lit up beautifully and Manhattan is uh, clear as day there's nothing obstructing my view to it and as I sit here I am I want to talk about what's going on in the world Uh, obviously the headline the main news the Trump news, right? So we found out when I woke up this morning and turned on my phone and started looking through the social media posts and turned on the news and saw what the news was. The news was that the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, has contracted the coronavirus, COVID-19. He is currently, as a precautionary measure, Seeking refuge at the Walter Reed Hospital, where he will continue to work. There will be no exchange of power. Vice President Pence will not take over. Trump will be still acting as president from the confines of the hospital, just in case he needs any urgent care or any certain tests to be done, etc. So the man who had members of his entourage refuse to wear masks at the debate on Tuesday night 
The man who initially, while telling Bob Woodward that the coronavirus was very serious, it was worse than a normal flu. The man who told us all that the coronavirus was going to go away by April, that we should open things by Easter, that we should open things now, who pressured the Big Ten into having football. That man, who by all objective accounts struggled mightily, if not failed, to properly counteract and prepare for the pandemic that we're all dealing with now, has now himself contracted the virus. And CNN reported just minutes ago that, based on sources from inside the administration, Trump was very rattled when he tested positive for coronavirus, and he became increasingly rattled and increasingly nervous as the symptoms of the virus set in. And he is scared, as anybody would be, although it is kind of interesting that a man who preached how much he was not afraid, who told us all that he wasn't worried about it, is so afraid now. But are any of us in the least bit surprised at all by that? Are we? This is a man who bloviates on the reg. This is a man who continually spouts out untruths and pontificates and then fails to deliver time and time again. So why would this be any different? All that being said, of course, we wish President Trump and his family a speedy recovery and we hope that they make it out of this thing in good health. Some out there are saying that this is a hoax, that he doesn't have COVID perhaps, and this is a way to change the news cycle away from his uh, epically poor debate performance. Uh, that, that I don't think is true in any way. Uh, you couldn't fake a, a test result. I don't think that... You know how I feel about conspiracy, so I'm going to dismiss that theory outright. What I will say is, of course, this does change the news cycle. Of course it does. There's no way around it. The news cycle was trending uh, bad, badly for Trump. It was trending positively for Biden after the debate, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, polling, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit, but without my resident polling expert, I'm not going to get too much into it. Uh, but polling has been good for Biden in the days since the debate, although most of the polling results coming out were not actually conducted uh, subsequent to the debate. They were conducted prior to the debate or, or right after or right before. So it's not necessarily reflecting the debate reaction in the polls. But nonetheless, the polls are trending for Biden and the news cycle is trending that way. Um, so this does change the news cycle. Now, the president's stay in the hospital. I'm going to assume that his stay in the hospital uh, similarly is an actual precautionary measure. Why wouldn't the president of the United States stay in a secure uh, location for his health when he has such a serious ailment? So I don't think that uh, is anything to change the narrative either. Although, of course, media reporting is focused on Trump in the hospital as opposed to any speeches Biden is making or anything of that nature. Still... Still, uh, the news constantly reports on Trump anyway, mostly negatively, so that's not a surprise. It doesn't alter things that much. Biden was in Grand Rapids, Michigan today, continuing on the campaign trail, and some Republicans are calling for Biden to halt his campaign uh, in solidarity or something of that nature. You know, 
Much like the Republicans are pushing through a Supreme Court nominee despite people voting right now, all is fair in love and war, and politics in 2020 is figuratively, ladies and gentlemen, war. And therefore, there's no reason, and I see no reason, why Biden in any way should halt his campaign. In fact, Biden, if he's strategically smart, will go full force into the swing states over the next two weeks and continue to put his ads out and continue to get his face on television and continue to get himself in front of people while Trump is, for lack of a better phrase, out of commission. We don't know what this means for the next scheduled debates. I believe one was the 15th, one was the 22nd, I think. We don't know what that means for those debates. Uh, what we do know is for the time being, Mr. Trump is out of commission and former Vice President Biden is on the trail. He was forceful in his message. If you notice, he and Kamala Harris have masks on throughout their entire speeches now. Of course, that's political messaging. Of course, that's connotation and allusion to the coronavirus. But who can blame them when this is the news cycle and the message that's been handed to them? Now, before I pivot to the debate, I want to talk about last week's episode. A lot, a lot of positive feedback. Last week's episode was the most listened to podcast since we started releasing it on all the mediums. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Since we started that, last week's episode was the most listened to episode that we've had. And in fact, it was the most listened to episode within really a day of its release. It surpassed the total listens for all the other episodes uh, total, not combined, but each one total in one day. It eclipsed all of the prior episodes. So we are on an upward trajectory, and that's why despite some problems I had, and this is a physical ailment that I had with my health, this was a serious situation that occurred to me last weekend um and so it's it's not just me not feeling well it's not just being under the weather this is a serious issue um that i need to take care of and it's uh it's nothing dire or um with a with a a life expectancy on it so don't get too worried but it's it's serious enough that i have to take it easy um but despite that, I, I was going, I'm going to release a show tonight, and that's why I'm with you right now, because we can't stop the momentum. The fact is we are reaching people across the country, we are reaching many people in the New York, New Jersey area, and we are continuing uh, to, to have good dialogue and to get good information out. And I bring that up because, look, last week's discussion, where we had an interesting perspective from Rick, Rick's been calling a lot, and he's had a lot of really good perspectives to add to the mix. Uh, and then we had Sean, Sean Bracken. Look, the feedback I'm getting on Sean is just tremendous. And, and the fact is, I can ask Sean a question about a poll in a state that I haven't even thought of that most people aren't even paying attention to. And he'll come right out quoting two to three polls, reputable polls, and analyzing what that means off the cuff. Off the cuff. I mean, no hesitation. He knows his shit. Uh, and so he's been an absolute delight, and he will be back with us, I'm thinking, next week. 
Uh, and if not next week, then the following week. Because I don't know if next week might be another of the pre-recorded uh, episodes based on what I have going on next weekend. Or if next week will be live. But next live episode, I think it's safe to say Sean will be joining us. And since the election is so close, uh, Sean will be joining us um, pretty regularly to give us uh, you know, his take on the polls, state by state. So we can see which way the election is trending and have a good idea of it going in. So we're not caught off guard, most of us, and we have some idea of what's going on. Now, all of those things being said, I filled out my mail-in ballot today. I enclosed it in the envelope, and I am going to drop it off at the ballot box tomorrow. Happens to be at Newark City Hall, which is right across the street from me, so it won't be hard to do. Um, that that's not an easy process. If you're in New Jersey, just so you know, if you're in Newark, you can go vote in person at the Prudential Center. But many towns do not have in-person voting. New Jersey, in general, is going to be mostly and mainly a mail-in state. If you go to your normal polling location, you can drop your mail-in ballot in. You can drop your mail-in ballot at your normal polling station during election day. Or you can drop it off before then. Uh, but it has to be postmarked before Election Day, I believe. And it has to be in to the ballot box by 8 p.m. on Election Night. But if you go to vote in person without a pre-filled out ballot, they're going to tell you that all you're going to be able to do is fill out a provisional ballot. So that's not what you want to do. So you need to get your mail and you need to fill out your mail-in ballot if you're in New Jersey. And if you're in another state and you are hesitant to go to the polling location or they've closed polling locations because of COVID or et cetera, then make sure you fill out your mail-in ballot and get it into the ballot box or get it into the mail soon. And make sure you follow the instructions because I'm not going to lie to you. I've never filled out a mail-in ballot before. And going through the instructions, which were pretty involved, you know, you had to fill out this... Uh, ballot, put it in an envelope that had a certification on it, certify the envelope, stick that envelope inside a bigger envelope with the barcode clearly visible through the uh, see-through part of the envelope, and don't fill out that envelope unless you are delivering the ballot for somebody else. It's not that complicated when you read the directions, but make sure you read the directions. Make sure you follow the instructions, because if you don't, your vote's not going to be counted, and in a year like this... With so much at stake, that would be an absolute travesty. Not just for the people that are running for office, but we have several things on the ballot in New Jersey, including the legalization of recreational marijuana, which is an important issue no matter what side of the spectrum you stand on. We have uh, tax breaks for veterans. There's other things on there that are important. So make sure you follow the instructions and make sure you get your ballots in. Now, about the election, we got our first glimpse at the debate last Tuesday, didn't we? We had an absolute disgrace of a debate, and CNN described it right after as a shit show. Uh, Jake Tepper described it as, you know, it was a dumpster fire wrapped in a disgrace, wrapped in a et cetera, et cetera. And look, the, the debate was a mess. It was a mess. Um, and it was primarily a mess because President Trump just didn't have a debate. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't let Biden speak. He wouldn't let Chris Wallace speak. 
He didn't answer really almost any question on a substantive level, on a policy-based level. He answered almost every question in a bellowing, yelling, combative tone directed personally at former Vice President Biden. And when Biden attempted to answer questions, Trump just yelled over him and then yelled over Wallace as he was trying to moderate it, and it caused the debate to be an absolute disgrace. Now, to Biden's end, look, no one's saying that Joe Biden is Barack Obama, okay? Joe Biden's not Barack Obama, okay? He's not going to be the master orator that Obama was. He's not going to be the master orator that a lot of previous presidents were. He's an older guy. He's calmer. He's lighter, softer spoken. He does have some speech issues he's had throughout his life. So he's not going to come out and just own the stage like you might want him to if you are a Biden supporter. However... Despite a slow start where he rumbled or stumbled a little bit regarding the Supreme Court and some similar questions early on, I thought Biden really caught his stride, you know, a third of the way through the debate. And I thought Biden's showing was quite good. The Will You Shut Up Man is now a novelty. It's, it's on T-shirts. It's a meme. It's a quotable. It's out there. That was a win, whether you thought it was immature or not. The fact is, Trump wouldn't shut up. So Biden just simply said, will you shut up, man? And that's how a lot of people feel, isn't it? Sure, that's how Wallace felt, because he couldn't get a word in either. And then you had some, some good points. Trump's quoting the current crime statistics in the country right now. And Biden says, well, you're the president. You know, why is Trump saying that this is what's going to happen if Biden becomes president when he's presiding over the chaos? across the country. He's presiding over the chaos. The wildfires. On federal lands, by the way. Well, he proclaims that there's nothing he could have done. It's on federal land. A lot of the forest fires are on federal forest land. So he could have directly impacted it. The unrest in the streets. And then he has the... He says, and I watched it again, so it wasn't a misnomer. He said, when he talked about the Proud Boys, he said... Stand back and stand by, but who is going to do something about the liberals in the streets? If you put that whole phrase together, there's no question that he really did say to a hate organization as classified by the Southern Poverty Law Center, stand back, but stand by, because who else is going to stand up to these liberal mobs? He is inciting a militia-based forceful movement in the face of his adversaries and in the face of unrest in the country that's scary okay and when you couple that with what the news we had out of texas this week that the governor of texas was attempting to limit ballot drop-off boxes to one per county one per county essex county new jersey which is much smaller and more dense than probably 90 percent of the counties in texas has at least one ballot box per municipality at least one per municipality and there's over 20 municipalities in essex county there's two in newark and that's just one 
of 21 counties in Jersey, and one of the smaller in terms of land, but one of the bigger in terms of population in Jersey. And we have that many ballot drop-off boxes. Texas. Texas. Of all places. You're telling me, with all that land, all those miles to traverse, is only going to have one ballot box per county? While the President of the United States is telling a militia that's classified as a hate group to stand back but stand by. While when the question was posed during the debate to both Biden and Trump if they would accept the results of the election, Biden had no problem saying, of course I would. And Trump said, we'll see what happens. It would not commit. When you have all of those things going on, If you are in any way a student of history, in any way a student of politics, in any way a patriot, in any way somebody who believes in the United States Constitution or our way of life or our values or the institutions or values upon which we pledge, I'm not sure how you shouldn't be a bit afraid or a bit critical of what's going on leading up to this election. Now, I'm not saying that what's going to happen is Trump's going to try to you know, thwart a legitimate election or that there's going to be corruption. But but I'm telling you what the news is. And you could take that news how you want. But as somebody who's an attorney who took an oath to defend the Constitution, I have concerns about it personally. Personally. As a personal citizen, I have concerns about it. And I don't blame anybody else who has concerns about it. This is serious stuff. And this election is complicated by COVID and the fact that so many, so much of the election is going to be conducted through the mail and so much of the election has these restrictions and polling places are being closed. It's scary and a lot's at stake. But back to the debate. Look, right after the debate, what I, what I saw was you had, you had really four, three to four camps of people. You had the Trump people... Now, very few Trumpies that I saw were actually out there trying to say that Trump straight up won, right? There's a few nuts saying Trump won, including Trump himself, right? I won. Self-proclaimed victory, he won. Okay. But very few were doing that. Most people that were on the Trump camp or in the Trump camp were saying, well, wow, this debate's a shit show. This debate is horrible. This debate sucks. Trying to drown out the fact that it was really one-sided, that Trump was really terrible by insinuating that they were both a disaster and the whole thing was a disaster, so they're going to stick to their vote. Then you had the people who were way more liberal, and honestly, I could say Bernie people, but there's very few Bernie people who said this. There's very few Bernie people that are really causing any trouble that I see. There's very few Bernie people that are buying into the nonsense narrative that they can't vote for Biden. So I'm not going to say that, Bernie people, because it wasn't. But there was a group of people that tended to be a little more liberal, or maybe just those people in that camp that I'm not going to vote, everybody sucks, that also said, well, everybody sucked. Well, why? Because Biden wasn't super forceful, because he didn't KO the guy. Why was it? Then you had the people that just want to go along with the trend. They don't really know anything about politics. They don't usually tune in. And everybody else is saying it's a disaster, so they're just going to say it's a disaster. And then it gets carried away. But here's the problem with that, right? There are psyops, okay? 
just like I consistently tell you about with thwarting the election, with trying to suppress the vote, trying to discourage people from voting, trying to suppress turnout the same way they do with limiting the number of ballot boxes, they do with promotions and social media and things of that nature. And one of the things they're trying to do is decrease enthusiasm for the liberal side of the Biden side of things. And one way to do that is to frame the debate as a disaster altogether. So if you participate in that, just know you are lending a hand to the side of uh, things, including Russia, which is trying to suppress the vote for one side, okay? I don't see an equivalency in what happened, right? Biden was softer spoken, but he made very good points. When Trump pressed him on whether he was for defund the police, he flat out said, I'm not for defunding the police. Trump got carried away at one point and at first accused him of being too tough on crime because he supported the crime bill in 94. In the same rant, ended up saying how weak he is on crime because he lets criminals run the streets. I mean, he was all over the place and Biden, to his credit, kept bringing it back, kept looking in the screen at the people at home and saying, have you lost somebody at your kitchen table? Is a chair empty? Have you, are you doing better? Do you really have faith in this man? Do you really have faith in this man to rebuild the economy better, to deal with coronavirus, to guide us to a better place and to unite us? And that was a good message and that message has resonated. Now put on top of that the fact that Biden had record numbers of fundraising during the debate and then unleashed a myriad, an onslaught of digital and television ads at 12 midnight following the debate seeking to frame the debate and seeking to get his message out, that was a very good strategic win for Biden. You have to admit and you have to say. To those out there who expected Biden to land some type of face blow and have a KO at some point in that debate, I would say that strategically speaking, tactically speaking, people who think that way are probably the type of people who watch boxing matches and don't understand Floyd Mayweather's style of boxing or his fights because they've seen too many Rocky movies. I mean, let's be honest, right? The tact and the skill, the strategy that was brought out in that debate by the Biden team was not to play Trump's game too much. Throw a little insult here or there, which I think was off the cuff. I don't think it was planned. But at the end of the day, keep looking at the camera, keep driving home a message of unity to the American people. Make sure to declare that you are the president or will be the president for every American. You're not a far left radical. You're not somebody who's against all these pillars of what middle America seems to value. You are a viable candidate who cares about the people of the country and who is more composed and who has a better plan than Donald Trump does. And if that's the measurement, if that's what we are looking at as the you know, benchmark or what Biden wanted to accomplish, then he did it. Then he did it. And the debate, the polls came out. Some polls were close, some not so close. But the polls were clear that the people who watched thought that Biden won. 
by and large, even though it wasn't the most groundbreaking debate ever. So it's interesting how in the aftermath of that, Trump and his people have tried to kind of frame it a different way, but it's just not working. Now, the Commission on Presidential Debates has said that they might change the rules. Maybe they'll have mics allowed to be shut off, which honestly, even in previous debates, I mean, that's that's probably a good idea, right? That's probably a good idea. You know, why should two mics be on so somebody could just talk over the other? Now, it could get annoying when you're trying to have natural back and forth, but if the candidates are, you know, incapable, especially as Trump seems to be, of having back and forth debates, you know, why would you allow it to continue to happen? You're going to have to implement something, and maybe turning off microphones is the way to do it. I don't know. But, you know, that seems like a reasonable idea, although Trump said he's not for it. He's not going to allow the rule changes, since why would he do that if he already won the first debate? Can you make it up? He's he's saying, why would I do it if I won? I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, honestly, objectively, I think that if the mics were shut off, it'd be better for Trump. Because Biden might stumble on an answer or might stumble on something or contradict himself. I mean, he's an older guy. He can do that. And this way, Trump will be interrupting him, giving him a reason to say, shut up, man, and get T-shirts out. I mean, but Trump... His, his strategic uh, way of going about things has never been that solid, right? And I even saw people on Trump's social media pages who are his ardent supporters, who usually just love everything he says. I even saw people on those pages telling him flat out directly, telling him, you know, you need to be quiet. You need to shut your mic off. You need to relax. You didn't do a good job. And those are the type of people that are usually like, oh, God bless you, Trump, God bless America, that just love him. And they're even being critical on his Facebook post. So you know it wasn't a good show. You know it was. And back to what I was talking about with what he said about the Proud Boys and things. Here's another thing that, that just I, I can't can't seem to, to quite grasp. You know, how can you be a rational person, a clear-thinking human being, a cognizant American citizen, and still look at how the debate turned out, and still look at, you know, the messaging going on, and the way in which things are handled, and even looking at the COVID thing. I mean, Trump has conducted these campaigns. And speaking of that, I'll finish my thought in a second, but speaking of that, right? Here's another thing about the debate that I found interesting, right? Why did Trump stumble so bad the debate? Well, I, I think the reason is, and I don't think it's that that complicated or, or that, that hard to predict or understand. Look, most presidents... And I was speaking to my sister today about this, actually. Most presidents, when they get in office, they have certain policy, policy initiatives and policy goals that they want to accomplish. And they have agenda items, and then they have things that pop up, like national crises and disasters that they need to attend to. And then they have general community events that they have to tend to, right? 
And most presidents in our lifetimes, you've seen them. They go read to kids. They go out and visit areas. They go speak to local church leaders, things of that nature, right? And then they have these sweeping policy speeches, um, either on the congressional floor or in front of the television or at different events commemorating things where they lay out certain policies that they're trying to put their will behind to get passed in Congress. With Trump, you know, it's not really been that way, has it, right? With Trump, it's been... He got elected, and and Trump, he's not really a businessman. I hate to tell everybody that. He's not a businessman, really. He didn't do very well in business, right? And we'll get to that in a minute, his tax returns. So he's not, he's not a businessman. He's not a president, really. Trump is a brand and an entertainer. That's what he is. He's a brand and an entertainer. And so when he became president, he didn't do much except continue to go to these campaign-style rallies, which were more like sold-out concerts of stand-up comedians. And he goes to these places where the people tailgate outside like it's a NASCAR event, like it's a concert, and they go into these places, and he sits up there for however long he sits up there, whether it's an hour or whatever it is, and he just proceeds to kind of do a routine, right? A, a, a right-wing conservative stand-up comedy routine where he makes fun of Hillary and he talks shit about COVID and he talks about Pelosi and he makes fun of the Democrats. He makes fun of Joe Biden and he uses his famous little, you know, taglines like Sleepy Joe and things of that nature. And that's what he does. And so he's used to this... this Reaction where he's at his concert atmosphere and he's boisterous and he just throws absurd, unfounded insults and unfounded, unsubstantiated information out there. And the crowd just cheers for him and is so happy and just claps and laughs and jeers at, at everything he does. And it's so easy. It's so natural, right? It's almost like me on this radio show over this jazz, right? It's, it just comes natural, right? So when he gets into a debate with a, an actual guy who wants to talk policy or has a contrast, an actual guy that's in front of him that he's got a debate in a policy-style, tit-for-tat, back-and-forth, logical argument, he is at a loss. All he could do was revert to his normal style, his normal way of doing things, which is to just hurl insults, misnomers, and right-wing conspiracy ideas and right-wing memes at Biden. And he didn't even really look at the, the TV. He didn't even look at the camera. He kept staring at Biden and just hurling him at Biden. And he's visibly angry because he's behind in the polls, it seemed to me anyway. And so he's screaming at Biden and he's yelling at Biden and he's, he's saying things that get cheers at his rallies, but that the 17 million people tuned into the debate that night, many of whom do not attend those rallies, didn't didn't weren't really receptive to and i think that's one of the main reasons he didn't do well i think it's obvious that that's what he does he doesn't have these policy-based things he's an entertainer and most of his supporters except for the select very few now who think that he's better for their taxes or whatever they tell you 
he's an entertainer to them. They're fans of him, not because of how he runs the country, but they're fans of him because of what he says about liberals and libtards or whatever you want to say. And that's why they like him. But that doesn't play well with the entire country. And that is also why Trump's base has always been a solid group, but a limited group. And his ceiling has never really surpassed 50%. And people who woke up and don't want to write people in, and people who really care about who's running things, are shifting the polls. And now the polls are starting to look like they're going more in favor of Joe Biden at this juncture anyway. That's part of the reason, right? That's part of the reason. Because he entertains and plays to a certain audience, and that audience is only so many people. And I think that's one of the main reasons he floundered in the debate. And I think that's one of the main reasons he's floundering in general, right? Biden's able to carry this message of, look, I want to bring us together. Here's some policy ideas. Whether you love his policy ideas or not is almost irrelevant, because Trump's not given any policy ideas. What he's doing is attacking anything and everything liberal or left. And it only goes so far, and I think that's interesting. I was going to say, finish my thought about the business thing, about him not being a businessman. I mean, <laughs> this is the other thing I don't understand, right? You know, these these people, he ha- he hit his taxes for a reason. And now the taxes are came out, essentially. And he paid pretty much nothing. So while all of us are out there screaming and, 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 and clapping because we got, what, $1,000 a year off our tax bill, maybe, if that, maybe $500 if you're in the middle class from his tax cuts, people like him, people like him are paying less than $1,000 annually in taxes. Now, he may have paid millions of dollars of taxes, but they were to foreign governments. He has business interests in other countries, and he paid money to them, but not us. Now, you would think, right, because this whole mantra is he's going to drain the swamp and he's going to do things the right way and he's going to watch out for the middle class, for the working class guys, that he would have the wherewithal and the knowledge since he's able to manipulate the tax code to pay so little. You would think if he really cared about the people that he would know as a businessman or as a rich person who knows how the tax code works, he would know how to rectify those issues so that rich people were paying a, at least a fair share, at least at least what the middle class is paying, and that it would be a more fair tax code for those of us struggling with childcare and struggling with housing and struggling to pay off our student debt and struggling to pay off our car debt and struggling to live. You'd think that if he cared about what he says he cares about, he'd go in there and, and write things. But obviously he hasn't done that, and obviously that's not why he's there. So I, I gotta question anybody who says they support him for that reason. Don't you at least demand that he pays as much taxes as you, if you're gonna say he's so great on your taxes? I mean, don't you? Don't you at least demand that people who make as much as him pay something comparable to even you? If you say you love him so much? Or that taxes are your primary issue? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You save money on taxes, but the overall cost of society is going up, and these people are, are ripping you off and smiling in your face, and then you're gladly hitting the ballot box for them? For all the nonsense you people talk about being, oh, I just care about my taxes, I want to be rich, I'm a, I'm a money guy. You ain't very smart at money, are you? You ain't very much a self-righteous guy who cares about himself because you're getting screwed and you're doing it with a smile, right? So, kind of weird. Kind of weird thing about those tax returns. Weird how nobody really wants to talk about them either on the right. No one no one cares all of a sudden. Imagine if Obama's tax returns or Biden's came out like that. You would, you would, you never hear the end of it. 
mean, isn't this the same crowd that complains about immigrants coming here because they don't pay taxes? And complains about, what is it, when Romney was there, 40% of the country doesn't pay taxes and all these freeloaders. I mean, isn't that the crowd? So the same crowd that's all about patriotism doesn't care if American democracy does not have a fair election. Does not care about our institutions and the peaceful transfer of power. The same crowd that cares so much about paying taxes doesn't care that somebody doesn't pay them and finds ways around it and manipulates the system to do it. It just doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And these tax returns showed us, too, this this idea that Trump's some amazing businessman is, is not true, right? It's not true. And this isn't me endorsing a candidate. I know I'm not allowed to officially endorse anybody. This is me just being real, objectively. On my own, just looking at this as a private citizen with a private brain, just saying, does it make a whole hell of a lot of sense that a guy who claims that he's a great businessman, who has great business acumen, has so many of his businesses going out of business or going into bankruptcy? Because that's what's going on. So many of his businesses are failing by the looks of his tax returns based on the information we know. So how can we sit around and say that he's a great businessman, that he's a true patriot, that he's watching out for the working class, if these are the things we know? And now you have this COVID thing. I talked about the rallies that he's been doing. I talked about the rallies, and look look at him. He got COVID. His wife got COVID. Members of his staff got COVID. They're contact tracing everybody. Yet these people were saying they're not going to wear masks at the debate. This is the guy who made fun of Biden. That didn't go over well. Made fun of Biden. Said, every time I see this guy, he's got a huge mask. He's 100 yards away from me. still got a mask. Well, it looks like Biden was smarter because he didn't catch COVID. But this is the guy who is going to protect you from COVID. He can't even protect himself. And he's the president of the United States. He's got every resource available to any of us, more so than anybody else in this entire country, maybe the free world, and he couldn't even protect himself from COVID-19. How the hell is he going to protect any of you from COVID-19? And the sad part is, the sad part is, that he's got the luxury of working from a hospital with top-of-the-line care. He's got all the resources from your tax money, but I guess not his tax money, but your tax money, to give him the best care the world has to offer. Or at least the United States has to offer for those of you who dispute that the United States healthcare system is good. He's got all of those resources, and the fact is that most of the people who have died of COVID-19 are people of color people who make less money, people who had to continue to work difficult jobs during COVID when everybody else was locked down. And those are people that don't have the same access to the same health care that he does. And that's a shame too, isn't it? He can be reckless with himself and he can be reckless with the people that he preaches to to be reckless. And if he catches it, he gets the best health care that we have to offer. But anybody else, if they're a victim of the recklessness in society, don't have access to that at all. And that's troubling, too. And that should be very troubling to you. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. 
Now, I don't want to talk about Trump all night. I mean, I think we got our dose, especially because this is a pre-recorded episode. I mean, we can't even go back and forth. Because it's a pre-recorded episode, you know, I can only go on so long in the monologue anyway. Usually at this point, I would bring on a guest or open up for calls or something of that nature, but I can't do that. I know you're digging the vibes, hopefully you're digging just hearing me rant, because at the end of the day, sometimes we want a little comfort on a Friday night after an insane week, don't we? So that's what I'm here for. Um, but look, I'm not here to just bash Trump, you know that. If, if you listen to my show at all, you know that I'm. this is a centrist perspective, and I'm speaking from an objective point of view. Logic is my companion, and logic will always be my companion. And the fact is, this is just where logic is taking me this week. You don't have to be a partisan. You don't have to love Joe Biden. You don't have to dislike Trump. You don't have to be any of those things to be honest with yourself and be logical and to let logic take you where it has taken me tonight and where I've taken all of you. You just don't. And that's just the reality of the situation. You don't. And if you're somebody out there who, who doesn't like the way the show went or, or you, you disagree, you're shaking your head, you're saying, shut up, Larry. You know, I wish I could call you right now and curse you out because you're so wrong. You know, if you're somebody like that, then I just want you to do this. This isn't a live show, right? So you don't have to comment below. You could comment. I'm sure this comment's going on right now. You don't have to comment and argue with anybody else. You don't have to call me. You don't have to justify your opinion to me. You don't have to do any of those things. But how about just by yourself, in your own mind, in your own solitude, where no one sees and no one will ever know, you just think about the things I said, the things I laid forth logically. And tell me sincerely, tell yourself, because I'm not even, you're not, I'm not going to hear it. Tell yourself sincerely that you're right and that things I said are wrong tonight. I think it's going to be difficult to do that. I really, really think it's going to be difficult to do that because I don't think logic can take you anywhere else. And if you still feel vehemently in support of the president or you still vehemently hate the left or whatever it is, ask yourself why. I wonder why myself. And if you want to tell me why you can send me a private message or call me or text me because i'm curious about it why why i'm curious about it i really am i want to hear why because i don't think anything that was put forth really is out of line or doesn't make sense i think the opposite i think it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense period so, I mean, that's just where we are. Look, the polls, we're 32 days away from the election, something like that. We are close to the election. And it's going to be very, because now Trump's out of the loop too. Not only does that affect the campaign, but the Supreme Court nomination process, look, it's going through as far as I know, as far as I understand, it's going through. But without the president there on his pedestal to kind of push it through and demand that it goes through and put his weight behind it, um, I do wonder how that process is going to go. And without him being on the campaign trail, I wonder how effective he's going to be, you know, in the home stretch here. 
So this throws a twist into it. I mean, does this cause sympathy? Does he come out of this thing fighting and beating COVID and then therefore generating goodwill with people? Does he change his messaging around COVID? Does the Biden campaign go too far in criticizing him while he's down for the count? I mean, how does this shape the election? How does this shape the election? It's going to be very, very, very interesting to see. And so while this week was a lot of news for the campaign, we had the debate, we had the tax returns, we had um, the COVID news today, you know, I don't think it's going to slow down. I I mean, I think a lot of what we're going to discuss on this show is going to be election related from now until the election, because I just think that's where people's heads are at. And if you're a thinking person, which this show is all about thinking people, I think that's kind of naturally where your head is going to go and where your mind is going to go. So I think we're going to have a lot of discussion. With that being said, I think, as I said, the next live show, uh, I'm definitely going to have Sean back on because we're going to see where the the polls are. And Sean made a good point, too. Look, in a lot of states across the country, people are already voting. Like I said, I already filled out my ballot. I'm putting it in the ballot box tomorrow. Across the country, people are already voting. So what Sean said is interesting, too, is going to be looking at the numbers coming in in different states, you know, registered to what party, things of that nature, the turnout numbers per state, because now we're going to have more than just polls to start looking at. The election is occurring right now, which is kind of surreal when you think about it. 2020 flew by. We have all this stuff going on. And now the election is actually occurring as we speak. So when Sean comes back on, hopefully we'll have more data on the actual voting taking place in addition to the polls and we'll kind of have even a better read on where the election is headed so we know what to expect come november and no matter what happens in november uh after november is going to be a lot of people i mean either either the president's going to win a second term and there's going to be a lot of people happy a lot of people upset or he's not and there's going to be a lot of people happy a lot of people upset so it's going to be an, an extremely interesting and unfortunately a tumultuous time and you got to remember this too Lest we forget, we always expected, as was pointed out by my good friend Jay Vreeland today, we always expected a second wave of COVID. And we always expected that that second wave of COVID may very well hit us in the fall. And now as we approach what falls upon us, you see a slight uptick, and I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as initially because I think, you know, places like New Jersey, New York, every state really is better positioned, I think, now to know how to handle COVID, how to triage different people at different risk levels, you know, how to gradually remain open while we implement safety procedures. I don't think it's going to be as bad, but you are seeing a slight uptick in COVID cases, uh, especially in New Jersey, and I imagine in a lot of other states too because the fall is you know upon us and we're seeing a slight uptick so while all this is going on while we have the election going on and all these other things on top of that on top of that we have this little bit of a resurgence of this covid and we got people racing to find a vaccine and everything and everything and everything and so this crazy year is coming to a screeching and crazy chaotic halt and i just hope that we as a country and we as human beings all land on our feet and do well and you know kind of make it out of here as unscathed as we can although i know many many people out there unfortunately 
are already a tad scathed. Um, and they have already, or immensely, immensely injured from what happened this year. Whether it be from the virus or the unrest or the politics or the uh, black lives that we've lost uh, unjustly or the uh, lives that we've lost in the ensuing unrest or the lives of the police officers or the injuries they sustained as the result of retaliatory, misguided and wrong crimes perpetuated on police officers because of what happened and because of the narratives out there. Uh, no matter where you stand on really anything, it is, uh, you know, it's been a tough year and it continues to be. Uh, however, I'm going to stay with you. Despite my trials and tribulations, I had COVID. I know how serious it is. I shared with you earlier in the year that a neighbor of mine passed away down the hall from COVID. And that was scary and that was horrible and he was not an old person. And now I've had a medical issue, I don't think related to COVID, but I have to deal with that now. The year is not over and it has not been kind to many of us. But nonetheless, I'm going to stay with you and continue to discuss these issues. And I thank you for continuing to stay with me. And I will never let you down with the logic or with a, a soothing soundtrack or with just a connection on a Friday night that you've been waiting for all week. I will never let you down with that. The only thing I've let you down with this week was our regular guests that I know a lot of people love to hear, whether it be Rick, whether it be Sean, whether it be D-Rock. And, and to that end, the Partisan Podcast, we have a new format. I've been telling you, I know I keep promising you about the Partisan Podcast uh, because of this health issue. It got a little delayed as far as, you know, myself and D-Rock uh, doing the co-host thing this, this time around. The next episode may be a little delayed with the two of us, or D-Rock may put out an episode on his own, which is cool. And I'll obviously be promoting that because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get to. Um, but despite these issues, and I also have a speaking engagement I'll be promoting uh, coming up on Monday, which is a, a very important thing for a cause that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and so that's coming out, but I, I just need to... to take a little time to relax and to make sure that uh i'm good and, and and healthy enough to keep bringing this to you for a long time to come so therefore you know it just has to be a little bit chilled out but nonetheless i'll keep doing it and i'm, I'm glad that everybody keeps coming around me and, and helping me to promote it and you know maintaining you know the response i got when i said i had to step back was just heartfelt Many people reached out to me on their own, and that means a lot. The fact that there are so many good people out there with their hearts in the right place, with their minds in the right place, who genuinely care about other people, who genuinely care about having legitimate dialogue, who genuinely are reflective on life and society, their personal life, and our lives as a whole, and our society, you know, those things encourage me and keep me going every day. And those things are what keep me going on this show. So, you know, to those people who reached out and to those people who are listening, it doesn't go unnoticed. And we're, we're all in this together, not even in our political beliefs, not even in our propensity to like logic or anything, but just as human beings. 
just as human beings going through this life's journey that is tumultuous, at times tragic, and at times joyous, we are in it together. And as we all experience the crisp fall air, if you're in the tri-state, we too all experience the whims of the news cycle and the whims and the ups and downs of the political cycle and the political climate. And we rock with each other on that level. And our generation will rock with each other in eternity at some point too, forever, even if we're long gone. So I don't mean to get so profound on you, but that's just where my head's going right now. Just looking out at the Newark downtown skyline and vibing. But I enjoyed my time with you tonight as I always do. And I look very much forward to speaking with you again next week. And I very, very much look forward to conversing with you and taking your calls and reading your comments and responding in real time in the very near future in the next couple weeks as we go back to a live format um we do have special guests lined up a few individuals with a lot of interesting things to talk about um more artists which we've been getting a very good positive um response for all the local artists that we featured and their music and um you know just giving people the spotlight who really deserve the spotlight who deserve recognition and that's been good too so we have our uh, artists lined up we have commentators lined up we have guests lined up we have regulars ready to get back in the action so i hope you'll continue to join us every week on the logic and larry podcast and i hope that uh You had a little bit of fun, and you had a little bit of relaxation and a little bit of mental stimulation listening to the show tonight. I will talk to all of you next week. Hope everyone is healthy. Hope everyone's doing well. And I hope uh, your luck is good in the next week, and, and you get good fortune, and everything goes as planned, although we know plans are hard to keep. But in any event, I will speak to you soon. And I look forward to it. Good night.